Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the the Honest Bicycle Program. I almost said the name of the show that shall not be said that we don't use anymore. <laughs> I am Greg coming to you from Boston. We really got to figure out an order for this so that we don't hit this awful deafening silence. Guys, I'm ashamed time. of you. Yep. I know. Yep. All right. This is Matteo, and I am uh, reporting live from Minnesota. <laughs> the entire state of Minnesota. For, for another few months, anyway. That's uh, right. And this is Francis, and I am coming at you from West Hampton, <laughs> Massachusetts. Beautiful West Hampton. Beautiful, Actually, beautiful. Rainy as fuck, West Hampton. Oh, my God. Oh. Is the weather going to get Solidarity. nicer? I have to go to Northampton for work next week. This no, week. the sun actually went out. It's just rain now. <sighs> there, there will be nothing. There will be nothing else except rain. There will be nothing but rain. It reminds me a little bit, though. It's actually not as bad. Of like ten years ago, or actually, it was eleven years ago. I'm old. Uh, it was my first, <laughs> the end of my first year in college and me and my friend Ben were about to take a big ride, uh, bike ride up through Maine and it got to May and it rained for three weeks straight. Like literally it rained for three weeks straight. I remember the, the fall of 2005 when it rained for three weeks straight in October. I thought that was 06. I, nope, it was 05 because I know uh, where I was living at the time and what I was doing. Well, we were in different and, places. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been two different rainstorms. We had not yet encountered one another. I have a, uh, speaking of weather, I'm going to pivot. Pivot? I'm going to pivot. I have a public service announcement. I woke up in the middle of the night in Minnesota, not really sure if I was smelling something burning, um, which apparently is like a sign of that you're having a stroke. That's Whoa. not what the public service announcement that's, is about. That's bad. Don't have a stroke. Don't, don't have stroke. Public service announcement. Don't have strokes. No, I, I like smelled, you know, when you're sleepy and you're not really sure what you're feeling or experiencing and it takes you like a little while to calibrate like what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to calibrate what was actually going on. I smelled something like smoky and I was like, somebody smoking right outside my window. Could I just be smelling cigarette smoke of somebody walking by on the sidewalk outside? And eventually, you know, like minutes passed and I realized that I was just smelling it. And when I woke up, I realized that, uh, yes, I was definitely smelling smoke. Um, and it was from wildfires hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away, like ridiculously far away. That's scary. Um, yeah. And the, the scary thing is that it sent the, um, the air quality index, which is largely based on the count of, uh, fine particles. They're also called PM 2.5. Um, so they're smaller than 2.5 micrometers. Yeah. Oh, I'm so good. Science. Yep. Nailed it. Um, it sent the air quality index uh, to, like, 250, and, like, good is 0 to 50, and above 50, it starts to get, like, unhealthy. Like, above 50 is, like, mm, this is not really great for people who have, like, lung or heart issues. And above 100, it's, like, this is, like, definitely unhealthy for people who have issues. Above 150 is, like, this is unhealthy for everybody. And so this was above 250. Wow. And... And so, like, uh, bad air quality actually has, like, really significant acute and chronic health effects. So acutely, like, it cause, causes asthma exacerbations. It can cause heart attacks. Um, you know, it's bad when it's bad to breathe the air. Like, people who have to breathe the air and people who have, like, compromised abilities to breathe and move oxygen throughout their body suffer the most for it. Um, but then chronically, like, breathing in air that has a bunch of fine particles in it... Um, you know, and the people who mostly breathe that air are the people who live closest to high traffic areas like highways. So you can make some guesses about environmental justice there. Um, but doing this over time causes stuff like, like just a, a, an incredible host of terrible health effects that affect like our whole population. So my public service announcement is, uh, the air quality was really terrible in Minnesota this morning. And uh, you should be tuned into that. You should um, check out the air quality index for your state and just know that, you know, as cyclists, like when it's bad, you know, when it's getting up into that like yellow or red zone that they'll communicate that your state Department of Health or Environmental Protection Agency or Pollution Control Agency will communicate, like, don't go for a bike ride. Or if you have, you know, asthma or heart issues, 
take care with your your physical activity and how much you get exposed to the air outside. So, boom. PSA. Matteo out. Be careful out there. Kids. (laughs) Don't breathe that air. Old people. Right, don't breathe the air. Sorry, breathing air is bad for you. (laughs) Yeah. Stop breathing that air. To all the children who are out there, don't ride your bike when the air quality is bad and also stop listening to this podcast immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to your parents about how they're raising you. This is not appropriate for you at all. Um, Right. I wanted to do a little bit of follow-up. That's a thing that that we do. Uh, Sure, why not? We did an episode, and by we, I, I kind of mostly mean I, our most recent episode featured Michael Wassell. God, um, Greg, we're sorry. No, it's sorry, fine. Greg. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally cool. I still love you guys. You're back. Um, it's fine. It's I'm nice busy. that I have... <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Doing the jobs of like six people, uh, that's going to make it hard to make a podcast <laughs> appearance. But anyway, uh, I had my break last in case of emergency uh guest where where i brought in uh mike wassell and it was great and one thing that we mentioned and talked about was couches in new england cycling i guess in particular and and couches on fire and whatnot and i'm really really happy to announce that through various channels that this made its way to the powers that be at crossresults.com and colin reuter aka colin reuter (laughs) (laughs) Who actually, well, he didn't make the icon. Our friend Alex Carlson um, whipped up a little icon of a couch that was on fire. And there is now a burning couch icon that appears on CrossResults.com. So uh, go check out your nemeses there. And, And if you don't know what the nemeses are, it's a nemesis is someone who beats you by less than 10 places. Uh, and does it on a semi-regular basis. Uh, the less the, the idea being that if they're beating you by more than ten places, you aren't really racing against them. And if they beat you by at least, if, if sorry, if they've beaten you at least nine times and have a win rate of at least ninety percent, then you will see a little flaming couch next to their name, because indicating. They burnt your couch. Yeah, yes, in- indicating that they have most frequently and most c- consistently violated your self worth and your sense of personal dignity. <laughs> they have most egregiously defiled your furniture. Yes, <laughs> and I'm just really, really pleased that we could be part of something so important. So uh, I would say congrats, you guys, but you weren't there. <laughs> Woo, good job, everybody. Nope, that's, of course, the one the one time we're not there, something yeah, gets team. put on around. cross results. <laughs> you team. can't tell, but I'm loosening the wire on a, bo- a bottle of something that pops. Oh, well, we could we can hear it pop, can't we? Oh, that was glorious. That was a nice, that was nice old-time radio sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> we need some, what are they called? Foley walkers. Fully, is that like when you have like the um, like the litter box, but it has like gravel in it and like a pair of shoes that you put your hands in and kind of <laughs> walk them on the yeah. gravel with the the microphone? It's it's you know it's the the production equivalent of the guy running next to you plopping coconuts together to yeah. sound like horse hooves. It's like the Prairie Home Companion stuff. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do we have any other news news and views? I have I have no news. I'll be the boring one. <laughs> the uh, the Giro of the Italia has started. Oh, that's true. In the over in the professional situation, I was super okay. I need to look up a picture actually because I haven't I haven't actually uh, looked at this and it's quite embarrassing. They had the was it a prologue yesterday? They had a prologue. It might have been a time trial, not a prologue, or it might have been a stage, not a prologue. I'm not sure. There's a threshold of this. But mm. uh, yeah, it was it was a stage, not a prologue. So tell us about that. Tell you mean us. like the, the distinction? No, 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 no. About about the um, the stage, like the start, because it was kind of weird and different. It was it was a velodrome. It was vel- You're the velodrome guy. They started in a velodrome. 
Yeah, yeah. They, the hero? Yeah. That's cool. Isn't it neat? Yeah, I didn't know about that. Oh, well, uh, it did. Uh, it start, oh, it started in Appledorn. Oh, shoot. Now, oh, here, here, I'm looking at the gallery. Yes, in Appledorn in, in, um, Holland, which was very confusing for me. <laughs> I, I was yeah. like, hearing about this, I was listening to the Cycling Podcast, uh, which despite the generic name is a very specific podcast. And they were talking about, uh, the start and like people were counting down or whatever and making announcements very loudly in a language that did not sound like Italian and I was super <laughs> confused. It's always funny, you know, I, I know why the Grand Tours do that in order to, you know, get get more places involved, but it is always funny when it's like the Giro d'Italia and wherever else. <laughs> These days Grand Tours are only starting in the Netherlands. I don't There's know if you've like noticed the occasional, that. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If I were a Grand Tour, I'd start in the Netherlands, too. It seems to be, like, a nice place. But, like, you can't even have a Grand Tour. You can't have the, like, Tour de Netherlands because, like, you'd get through, like, four stages and you'd be like, that's it. We've toured all of the Netherlands. <laughs> like, we aren't, we're going to make this three weeks. How? We're just going to do the same stages over and over again? There's only so much Dutch. Well, there'd be, like, the crosswind stage, and then there'd be the second crosswind stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'd be the third crosswind stage. Which would actually be a kind of awesome stage race. There's the E3 that's kind of like a Benelux sort of thing. That's like Luxembourg and uh, the Netherlands and Belgium, right? Is that right? Or is that just Belgium? Oh, wow. The start ramp was just like right smack in the middle of a Veldrum. They must have had like the one of those big garage doors in the track surface that people rolled through and out of. Yeah, it's something like they moved a chunk of track. I don't really know much about it. I, I'm not they prepared have... to talk about pro racing today. Oh yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to talk about pro racing. I do like the fact that Greg, you sometimes remind us that like pro racing is not, you know, the pinnacle of bicycling activity. <laughs> I mean, clearly not. I mean, I'm not a pro. And I would say that I'm the pinnacle of bicycling activity. No, that's not true. <laughs> in my own mind, <laughs> yes, in my mind. Uh, no, do you guys want to touch a third rail today? Um, Ooh, third rail. That know, sounds the... dangerous. <laughs> it is, yes. Great transition. Let's talk about safety stuff. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Is uh, this, like, are we going to get into the great helmet debate? Uh, yeah. Is that even what you have in mind? Because, like, so... Yeah, we're totally going to go the... there. One of, the, one of the wonky things about the great helmet debate is that there are people who are like, you should never, ever, ever not wear a helmet and then there are also other people who are like if you look at the data like helmets don't do anything which isn't entirely right and but like there's a <laughs> there there actually is a bunch of like reputable science that suggests that like on a population scale helmets aren't effective at like how we describe helmet use yes well why don't we go i go around and i want to know from you guys if you always wear a helmet or don't always wear a helmet or I doubt this is the case, but never wear a helmet, and I would love to hear why. Uh, Francis, go first. <laughs> All right, I will go first. Um, I always wear a helmet. I think it's it's a good idea to always wear a helmet. I mean, I don't really have any sciencey things to back it up, but <laughs> I've seen a bunch of crashes on people's heads where, in theory, helmets save them from a lot of uh, at least messy bits of skull flying around. And, um, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure we'll get more, more in-depth of this, but, I mean, I think it's stupid not to put that little piece of styrofoam on your head if it can, in any way, prevent you from dying a terrible death. And just to, just so I'm clear, on um, like, when you say you always wear a helmet, you're talking about, like, going out to, like, ride some dirt, uh, or going out for road rides, yep. or, like, just, like... Cruising all casual, like down to the local watering hole. Oh yeah, I, I wear a helmet. I mean, you can get hit by a car at literally any time. That is the truth. And I mean, like, I when I it was in college and I was cruising around on like my beater bike, I did not wear a helmet, and I think that is the only time. And I think I was an idiot for not doing that. But I mean, doesn't matter where I'm going on a bike, I I wear a helmet nowadays. All right, Mario. So I wear a helmet uh, almost all of the time. Um, and that means, like, definitely if I'm going out for anything that involves wearing spandex. Um, 
or going on any busy streets or basically like leaving my neighborhood. I don't always wear a helmet for like tiny little neighborhood hops. And if my intention is to basically ride like really slowly and conservatively and like in that civilized way that we always associate with like how Dutch people conduct themselves. <laughs> um, and then also I will confess to like, you know, if I'm on my way back from a training ride and it happens to be a particularly beautiful day, like when I'm on the greenway where it's very safe and, you know, when I'm, when I'm in the little ring for the duration of, for the, for the remainder of the ride, I'll take my helmet off and I'll feel the air running over my head. Oh, so you're that guy who's like the helmet on the handlebars as you're riding along. Helmet on the handlebars the as you're riding along. The talisman helmet. Yeah. And then when... <laughs> when... It doesn't do anything when it's there. <laughs> it protects your bars. It, it protects my Garmin 500. <laughs> um, and when I lived in Northampton, you know, do, we would do a couple, you know, neighborhood jaunts, you know, the type of little, like, less than five minute bike rides and I wouldn't always wear a helmet for stuff like that just because that that notion of you know like town riding where yes you can definitely get hit by a car at any time but I feel like the the purpose is to ride almost at a walking pace and to have about as much control as you do when you're walking yeah well I mean so I, I pretty much do what you do Matteo and I like the vast majority of the time I wear a helmet if I'm doing any spandexy things or riding faster mm -hmm. anything like that and if I'm like going around the block uh I might not and probably won't uh bother but most of the time I do but especially when it's like I'm yeah out on my bike wearing my fancy pants cuz it's like I'm going fast or you know my exposure time is greater and it just seems like a good idea and I've also got, I've gotten used to it. Like, I used to do a lot more of riding around without a helmet in college, and now I've become much more, like, you know, not gung-ho about it. I think that the data out there is interesting, and, uh, I don't know, our public health expert, Matthew, might talk about that a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it, I just, I don't know, the other day, the last weekend, or maybe it was the week before that i guess when i was very sick and had very stupidly raised quabbin and i went and kind of just tooled very slowly around my neighborhood um in the woods in the reservation and i i didn't put a helmet on dun 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 um and it was fine but who knows maybe a car would have come out of the woods and killed me uh, keeping in mind that uh, you know uh the helmet will probably help you if like the car knocks you over and your head hits the ground. But if, like, the car actually hits your head, I don't know. I mean, if a car runs over your head, they, that's kind of it. But... Yeah. Game over, man. Yep. <laughs> that's not funny at all, uh, actually. But uh, anyway. Yeah, oh, and races, of course. Man, just, like, if you roll around, like, warming up, or in the parking lot to registration at a race without a helmet, you're a dummy. Not just because it's, like, potentially unsafe, but because you can get super DQ'd. Yeah. It, it yep. doesn't matter what else is going on. Like, just put your damn helmet on. <laughs> put your damn helmet on is, like, generally really good advice. Well, it's also the reason that you get DQ'd, by the way, in that case, like, this is, like, a good, like, adequate for attending races kind of thing, is promoters have to have insurance on riders. And if someone gets hurt while not wearing a helmet... The insurance company may well refuse to pay out. Yeah. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a serious liability problem. So, yeah. Wear a helmet at races. Yep. But not wearing your helmet feels so nice. <laughs> not the anxiety part that something <laughs> terrible is going to happen and you're going to be written about in the newspaper and blamed. That part's yeah. not nice. But, like, just that sense of freedom and the wind in your air. Mm -hmm. uh, it is nice. It's good. I don't know. I think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... if what if what if if I could be all like magic genie and I was like Francis, tomorrow the sun is going to come out. It's going to be seventy degrees all day. You can go for a four hour ride, and I guarantee you that you and nobody you're going to ride with will crash or hit their head in any way. 
I would still wear my how helmet. Much, how, much would you, <laughs> how much would you enjoy the feeling of your hair blowing behind you? I wouldn't, because that's, like, not something that would make me comfortable on a bike ride, especially, like, mm-hmm. going at speed. I mean, like, I've, yeah. you know, never gone for a road ride and not put my helmet on. And so, yeah. you know, I think it would kind of be like I, I would feel naked. It, it would yeah. be like going outside and being like, I'm not wearing pants. Oh, God. <laughs> the only time you want to go outside and be like, oh, God, I'm not wearing pants is when you then follow that thought up with, oh, right, I'm wearing a bathing suit because I'm going swimming. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's okay at the pool. Right, right. It's, it's okay if, if you're going swimming and you're not wearing pants. There are certain certain times where it's, it's fine not to wear pants. But yeah, I mean, I I still even if you told me nothing nothing bad would happen, it I don't know. It's just like it's part of. It's too habitual for me to remove it and enjoy myself. I think. Yeah, I I I like went for a road ride as I was traveling, borrowing a bike. I'll, you know, you don't need all the details, but the helmet that I was borrowing was twenty miles away from where I was. Oh. Um. So like, only once did I did I like go for a ride. Without a helmet and just, you know, like descending, you know, or going any kind of speed where, you know, just imagine like, what if I flatted now? Like I, I had pretty, pretty tangible, tactile, inscrutable anxiety about those situations. Mm-hmm. But I just crammed it down like nothing bad is probably going to happen right yeah. now. But like the more you do that, the more, I don't know, like here's, and here's why the, the science is really tenuous, I think. I haven't looked at it super closely like a scientist because I'm not a real scientist. Um, but, like, you know, there, there are all these data, like, you know, who gets head injuries more often? People riding bikes, people walking, people driving cars. Like, people riding bikes don't get head injuries very often. And then it's like, you know, does do head injuries protect you in a crash or yada, yada, yada? But, like, I don't know they if don't... head injuries protect you in a crash. Oh, I'm sorry. Do, do helmets <laughs> protect you from head injuries in a crash? <laughs> Thank you. I probably your head injury will probably keep you from riding, which will keep you from crashing. <laughs> That's true, but there's a We've there's a problem there where you're it'll prevent you from having more head injuries, but <laughs> but um but to to my knowledge, none of these like studies or meta analyses have um looked at the differences in type of cyclists, and I would guess that people like us who try and ride fast and we race bikes, like we probably crash more than the general population of people riding hybrids, you know, a mile and a half down to the park or whatever. Well, that's interesting because that's hard to, that's so hard to answer because it's, it's like objectively true. I think that there's, you're going to crash more often if you're racing bikes, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you're doing like effectively a race type, race type rides. But then there's question, there's been a little bit of look at, like, it, just in general for cycling, how much experience matters in head injuries when riding along. And you do see, that, for example, that, like, children are more likely to crash and hurt themselves than adults, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So I, I, but I'm not saying that I know, I don't know, but that's kind of difficult to figure out. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, like, I, I definitely agree that, you know, being someone who is on the road cycling every day and racing your uh the percentage chance that you're going to be uh hit in a way where you're going to hit your head absolutely goes up and so it's kind of like oh cyclists don't don't generally hit their heads if you compare them to the or you know people don't usually hit their heads riding bikes if you compare it to the general population it's kind of like that argument of like oh you're it's so like unlikely that you're going to get bit by a shark well it's like yeah for people like us but what about a surfer who's in the water every single day, their likelihood exactly. of getting bit yeah. by a shark is goes up um, oh, astronomically. Exactly. And exactly. so it's kind of like, yeah. where the surfer in this scenario of, you know, if you're out there and you're training for multiple hours every single day, um, you know, I'm not so worried about my own ability. I'm worried about cars. Yeah. And because and- we, because we like get due. It's, I don't know. It's not, it's not like it's, you know, inevitable, I think, but it approaches inevitability that like, like, yeah, the more you're out on the road, the more you're going to hit a patch of gravel that you don't see, even though you saw every single other one. Or, you know, like, that car that's not, you know, that's texting. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's the car. And, I mean, obviously, if you get catastrophically hit by a car, there's not too much a helmet is going to do. But I feel that there are, you know, some scenarios 
where instead of just having your fragile little skull smashed against the ground, you at least have, you know, something in place there. And it's it's kind of the, you know, if, if people are going to argue, like, the science of, like, oh, it doesn't really protect you that much, and it's kind of like, well, it doesn't matter. It's such an easy thing to put on your head. What if it does protect you? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of like, why, why would you... It's it's like the argument I don't understand of like why people don't want to wear helmets riding motorcycles like in New Hampshire. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's just like well, it's such an easy thing to do. It's like you put it on your head and you ride away, and then yeah, like the- who cares if if the science says that it's probably not going to help you? What if you're in a situation and you hit your head? It does. It's like isn't <laughs> the New Hampshire that thing one- is like a perfect example because New Hampshire's state motto is "Live free or die." And Liter- or to, like, literally not die. A helmet and motorcycles. It's like live free and die. Yeah. Perfect. Oh yeah, totally. Live Get free both. and then die. The twofer. And then die. yeah. I- there's an interesting counterpoint, which I think is mostly wrong, by the way, but there is an interesting, <laughs> there is an interesting counterpoint to like the, maybe you should wear a helmet anyway, even if it almost never does anything, which by the way, it does. Let, let's actually get that out of the way. If, when people, the thing that's indisputable is that if you compare cyclists who have been hospitalized for head injuries, if you compare ones who've worn helmets and those who have not, the ones who've worn helmets have less severe injuries and they recover better. And that's, um, and that's like the, I think that's the, finding that is um that's the one that's most compelling compared to like other helmet based yeah studies. so, th- so that that's is like if this happened then what, you know yeah so th- let's get that out of the way so helmets absolutely in like kind of a treatment i forget what the name of this study this kind of study that you do is called but but basically if you compare if you, it's a treatment effect on two groups mm-hmm. and the war helmet treatment is definitely effective uh so Anyway, the, the counter-argument, which again, I think is mostly wrong, is that there is there are basically two things that could make helmets worse, which is that they can increase your chance of hitting your head because you've got a larger kind of head diameter. Um, I'm not super convinced that that's going to turn like a minor glow, blow into something that's going to really hurt you. Um, that seems kind of questionable. And, and the other one is that they might exacerbate certain kinds of... Uh, head injuries that are caused when you're have basically your brain twisting inside your skull, like when a, a torsion is induced. Um, that's the most dangerous kind of thing that can happen. It's funny, though, because if you think about what kind of an impact would induce a torsion, what would that do to your skull if there wasn't styrofoam in the way? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It, and it's like, maybe you'd slide more, but you'd grind off an ear. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that was pretty much what they said. Like that was what the hair, the old style, like stuffed leather hairnets were good for. It's like, well, they don't really do much if you hit your head, but you don't lose an ear. So, so there you go. <laughs> so required in races in Belgium because we want our Belgian heroes to still have ears. Yep, yep. What's Very what's important. Belgian if it's not pretty? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like it can't be good looking. It's in Belgium. it's no good but then of course there's like the anecdotal evidence of like and this is going back to motorcycles not cyclists but like if you talk to anyone in the nursing field who has or doctor or whatever who's worked in an ER and you know they're like yeah all those people who don't wear helmets in when motorcycle crashes they die and they die horribly and the people that have worn helmets they some of them survive and it's like okay that's you know it's not a scientific argument, but it's kind of like a I don't know I would I would believe the words of someone who's seen many such accidents come in and out of yeah. their doors many times. I think motorcyclists have it so much easier than us um, because they can wear like truly protective helmets mm-hmm. and not like die of suffocation. <laughs> they they <laughs> can the... wear they can wear clothing that like that you can go over Niagara Falls and that stuff, and you'll be <laughs> like sore and unhappy and questioning your decisions, but not yeah. Dead. Whereas we're like, uh, <laughs> bike racing is in cycling sometimes, but bike racing in particular is so dumb because it's like, here, undertake this activity that has you moving at like motor vehicle speeds, but you're going to wear a tiny styrofoam hat but and you're going to be naked. Yeah, you're, you're essentially naked. naked. Yeah. I'm going to be the one to invent Kevlar spandex for criterion. It's going to happen. There, I have biking? I have seen like way back when pictures of like padded bibs where you've got like hip pads. No, but like not lame. 
like good, good <laughs> <Kevlar>. <laughs> like actually Kevlar like woven in. Yeah, like so it doesn't make you look like a pile of armor. <laughs> so you don't look so, like a New York City bike messenger from the eighties. Yes. Oh my god, those guys before the punk, before the punk kids took over. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the um, I think one of the interesting places to bring this conversation is the point that like. You know, even though, like, we're pretty sure that helmets work, what we know is that, like, making, like, mandating helmet use has detrimental effect on safety, which is very interesting. Please elaborate. I will elaborate. Uh, Whether or not people wear helmets, mandating their use makes fewer people ride bikes. And when fewer people ride bikes, the rate of cyclist injury due to collisions with cars <coughs> rises. So there's this there's basically this safety in numbers effect where everyone riding a bike is safer the more people are riding bikes. There are fewer collisions with cars. There cars crash into people fewer. But, I want, I wonder if some of that that's so that's true and that's that's kind of interesting. There's pretty good data for this that uh, mm-hmm. there was an Australian state that passed a helmet requirement and cycling went down and head injuries like went up mm-hmm. so there's also this thing that happened in um i want to say the 90s or the early 2000s or something like that where head injuries for like all activities across the board were rising and, and no one really knows why that was happening so um there's a lot going on there yeah. uh, oh i i do want to get back to the safety numbers thing real quick I, I i forgot to mention this and i think this is kind of interesting it's it's been pointed out by many people that um, you know you're more that that statistically speaking more people who get head, head injuries do get them while on foot and that the greatest cause of serious or fatal head injuries is is cars right people driving get them and no one suggests people wear helmets for those mm-hmm. um, and you know fair enough but one thing that I read a good a good article about this recently actually from a person who doesn't wear a helmet but who wasn't necessarily opposed to people wearing them um, but who pointed out that one of the issues with that argument one of the challenges we have is there's just there's so little data on what happens when drivers and pedestrians wear helmets because no one does <laughs> so we have this so we have this really really good data set that says if you are wearing a helmet when you crash a bike and you hurt, hit your head you're going to do be better off but we don't know we don't actually know what would happen if like 50 to 90 percent of motorists were wearing helmets when they hit their head or or pedestrians because people don't do it yeah. so i thought that was kind of fascinating so we just to really confirm this, we don't actually have good information to suggest how things compare between like riding a bike and, and walking, you know, apart from like overall rates of head injuries. And this is the thing, by the way, that I think that you were alluding to earlier, Matteo, which is that helmets don't seem to have any effect that at least not a big one, uh, but I think no effect at all really on overall head injury rates, which is kind of weird. Um, but that seems to be the case. Is that right? Um, I think that's right. It might depend on what the study is and where you look, but I think like overall the, the evidence is weak. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, yeah. But what, what was I talking about? Oh, safety and numbers. I wonder if some of that, by the way, is, uh, when you have more people riding, you have more people who are like normal people and not crazy people riding. Mm-hmm. So you don't have people who, like, I'll admit, I ride pretty fast through the city, and I find myself doing dumb shit, um, which I then feel stupid about, and I'm like, why did I do that? That was really dumb. Uh, but, you know, you have people who are not engaging in particularly risky behavior. They're just chilling, riding their bike yeah. along, and that's probably, like, it's probably some amount of, like, motorists getting used to things and some amount of, pe- like, you have a smaller proportion of morons like me. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I think you could safely say, and more politely yourself, say uh, a smaller proportion of like people who ride safely and sensibly, or for whatever reason, are just less likely to uh, do things that they can't take back. Hmm. And by doing things I can't take back, I even mean like riding twenty miles an hour as you know somebody in a car does something negligent. Yeah. Right. Like that's not something that's the fault of people like us but it's still like you ride with the speed that makes uh it means that there's a little bit less room for error 
Hmm. So is that <laughs> should we should we should we move on from this? Any final thoughts, Francis? Uh, I mean, I don't really have any scientific data to back up any of my points. I just have feelings. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I, I, I hope that we're not um, seeming like we're trying to tell you you're super wrong or anything like that. Cause, no, no, not not at all, at all. But because I, I, I feel like I'm sorry, I was, I'll, I'll, I just feel like you have a legit position. I, I guess, like, so for my final point would just be out of the, I guess. Since it's Mother's Day tomorrow, the, like, uh, <laughs> oh I want to call it the, like, think about your mother <laughs> argument for wearing a helmet, but it's just kind of like, you know. Treat your mother right. Well, it's like, you have to think about when you go out and you do what we do about, you know, the other people in your life and what, you know, how it would affect them if you got very, very seriously injured. And, um, you know, this goes for the opposite direction as well. You know, it's like everyone that I know rides bikes, like my boyfriend rides bikes. And it's like, I, you know, if, if he went out every day on the road without a helmet, I would feel very uncomfortable. And I guess like just taking, you know, even, even if, if science says it doesn't do very much, there's, if there's a chance that it can help in the event when something bad happens to you that can make it so you can be okay or someone you love can be okay, then I think it's, it's, it's a worthwhile thing to do. Just like the peace of mind argument, I guess. That's a, I concur. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Um, so now, now, red lights. You guys want to do red lights? <laughs> you want to do the next oh, one? I, I actually even you know when you when you when you mentioned that you know you wanted to talk about lights, I figured that you were talking about like lights at night on a bike. <gasps> oh, and... we can do that. That might be more. That might be less since we've already done this heavy topic. <laughs> yeah, and like my 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 straight up reaction is like I used to not really ride with lights or like sometimes ride with lights, and that's because the lights that were available were these just like tiny, ridiculously dinky little blinkies, and it's uh, a little bit crazy to me to think that that's what I did. And now, like, I hate going out without a light at, in the evenings, but also like light technology is just so incredibly like powerful there's so many lumens and usb rechargeabilities um that not only can you you know be seen you can like have a headlight for like 50 bucks you can illuminate your own path in the night and it's just a good thing it's just a good thing i don't understand why everybody doesn't do it yeah lights are easy lights are easy and super effective right now yeah you guys remember what 10 years ago what lights were like right bike lights were like crap Oh my god, they were so bad. And it was like you'd go and you'd get this um I don't know, planet bike, I don't know, bright awesome light they'd call it that took like a couple double A batteries or whatever and it was like this dinky like one and a half watt halogen. <laughs> it was just like it was approximately 10 lumens. It was so bad. It was like a candle. I remember going to riding to a party in South Amherst uh, on like the bike path, or maybe I was riding home that this was a problem because it was dark. This is when I was in college. And it's like I had this little light on, and it was I couldn't. It was pitch black. I couldn't see a thing. It was like I'm trying to like is that the edge of the path? I was basically looking for like just enough contrast to pick out the edge of the path as I was riding along, mm-hmm. and it was just like I probably was not wearing a helmet because you know college dumb rebellion whatever and it just it was crazy and now it's like i would never consider such a thing but i also like i have a light i i spent less than a hundred dollars for like a 650 lumen (laughs) headlight i the first time i worked at a bike shop headlights were like gigantic things with batteries that needed to go in a water bottle cage Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, the big thing was, like, you'd have, like, you'd have a high-intensity discharge light. That was, like, the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, And they were, like, $500, and it was, like, basically a car headlight with, like, a cable running to a battery in your bottle cage. Yeah. It was crazy. How technology has changed. (laughs) <laughs> those uh, those LEDs, those those high efficiency LEDs changed everything. They did. 
Like it's Batman. pretty incredible. Those are like really that's that's just cool technology. Well, and I was trying to deal with this like I. I wanted lights i wanted better lights and i was reading like everyone was doing like these homebrew things because that was a cheap thing to do where you'd get like a battery system and you rig it up on a rack and you get some mr20 halogen bulbs and whatever so i actually went like to i don't know amazon or something like that i ordered like a six volt sealed lead acid battery and this huge battery arrives and then I'm like, okay, uh, I need to get some some halogen lights, and I got them. But then it was like, it got to the point where, okay, you've got to have some wires, and you've got to do some soldering, and I didn't have a soldering iron, really have any way to go about this. So I ended up like schlepping around this gigantic, terrible battery that was useless to me for a few, like a few years. I was like, what am I ever going to do with this? <laughs> it was so, and then it was like it was right it was also like just before the good LED lights started coming out too. So it was like ah so dumb. But I I do yeah, I don't know. I see people riding without lights sometimes and I'm like like you can get an LED blinky light for $10. Bonkers. Yep, it's true. Same thing with pedestrians sometimes, too. I mean, there's this weird phenomenon driving through Northampton at night where I don't know if it is because they painted the crosswalks such bright colors, but there was a time of night where people walking across the crosswalks uh, with, like, the light surrounding them or whatever, if they're wearing dark clothing, you literally cannot see them until you're right on top of them. Yeah. Bike ninjas? I mean, no, pedestrian ninjas. Pedestrian ninjas. You know, pedestrian ninjas, the boring ninjas. <laughs> uh, so pedestrian. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know, like, what to think about that, because, like, I, it is scary when you're driving along and that happens, but I'm like, man, I don't want to require people to wear, like, bright clothes just to go about their lives to be safe like that seems crazy to me no no for sure but it's it's, i i guess i meant that more as a point of like well if if you were on a bike in the same situation it's just like it's so easy to not see people yeah yeah you know because it's like you have you know the the things you can kind of like think about and um account for like am i making myself visible am i in the right part of the road and there's things you can't account for like somebody texting well they're gonna cream me um, but you know, at night it's, it's literally, it turns into like a whole different ball game, um, of like, oh, I literally didn't see that person because they were covered in black and they had no lights. Yeah. And I, I feel like I also want to go on the record as, you know, one of those bikers out in public who is probably, you know, sometimes goes fast enough to make other people uncomfortable. I can't tell you like how badly I do not want to hit pedestrians, children, older people, anybody. Like, I don't want to run into people, and I take great pains to avoid uh, situations where that could happen. And I think that, you know, like every time you read an article about uh, sharing, sharing busy cities or greenways, you know, there's always there's always someone with a story of, like, somebody on a bike being a jerk. Yeah, it's usually it's really sad. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that, that is not, sucks. you know, that is definitely, like, not most people and most cyclists. Hashtag not all cyclists. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh. Woo game dev. Woo. Uh, yeah. Out of that industry and into customer into a, service. Into another. <laughs> into another. Uh, so speaking of safety. What? Speaking of safety, uh, I'm really excited. I'm personally, my person is very excited. Um, because track season is about to start, and racing on a velodrome entails racing a bike that has no brakes. <laughs> yes. And I actually really, uh, you know, kind of enjoyed like telling coworkers or you know other people that like that's sort of my thing, just because it it is sort of fun to say, yeah. And you know, our bikes have one gear and they don't have any brakes for safety. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, and like as counter, obviously that's like intentionally uh, and stubbornly counterintuitive, but like yes, on a track. Brakes would be a lot of trouble. 
many crashings. No, much, no, no. We need we need disc brakes in track cycling. <laughs> disc brakes in track cycling. Yeah. The, f- the fact that, you know, you can rely on other people to really only accelerate their bike, like, in one direction is, you know, allows for uh, a-, a lot more safety and trust and closeness. Like, like closeness, like intimacy. Intimacy. We get really <laughs> close to each other. <laughs> but it is a tight, it is a tight group. Like, that's got to be part of what, I don't know, is enjoyable about your whole track thing, right? Is, like... You're a bunch of like tracky weirdos doing your weird tracky weirdos. Track and we, like you know, we, you race against the same people week after week, and it's a smaller group. And yeah, and as much as we are tracky weirdos, I mean, like everybody, almost everybody that I race also races on the road or cross or something. But when you have that that love for racing on the track, it's it's special. Well, that's why you're you're when you move, you're moving to a city with a Belladrome, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a happy coincidence. Really, that didn't that didn't factor into it. Um. So yeah, we were you know we were we were looking at places to move, but it was all sort of dependent on my sweetheart's academic job hunt situation. And while Philadelphia was high in the list of like places where we thought we would enjoy living, you know, the the element of choice is like not not the biggest deciding factor in such things. Um, when she got a job in Philadelphia and we can race at the T-Town Velodrome, which is less than an hour away, that was just, that was just thumbs up all around. Yeah. It's pretty cool. When My when... sweetheart Heidi looks at me and gives me sort of a thumb up with her. Thumb. Oh, heal, heal up Heidi. Is she not, is she, she can't, she can't do the first track races. She can't. Um, oh. It'll it'll be a little bit before they they take the pins out and she gets the PT efficient <laughs> to. She had pins holding. She has pins holding her thumb together and holding her thumb to her hand. Ugh. I had one of those in my collarbone. I still have it lying around somewhere. It was freaking huge. And speaking of safety, this is this is something that happened when another cyclist on a very narrow path going way too fast hit her head on. So like. Good. Another public service announcement. Don't, Don't hit ride people like a head jerk. on. <laughs> Don't ride like a jerk. Yeah, slow down. Don't hit people head Jeez. on. Ugh. It's not cool. I've been riding a lot on the path lately. I changed my commute route. I was I was tired of going the way I'd been going. I was like, oh, maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be just as fast or even faster uh, and more pleasant to take the Southwest Quarter bike path uh, up through jamaica plain in roxbury on my way to my job and uh it is and it's nice it's actually great i'm like wow i'm not next to cars for like half of my commute it's great i love but it when are... i'm not next to cars it's oh great. my god it's so best nice. thing ever it's so it's make it's turning me into like such a like a yes let's get some protected lanes like such a zealot about it like it is so much more it's like I, I hadn't even noticed especially you know since i did do a lot of riding before in more kind of rural to suburban-ish environments where I lived in first uh, Amherst and Sunderland, Massachusetts in the in the valley, like, you know, not too far from where you, you live, Francis. Uh, we both lived in there. And it's, you know, it's pretty easy, relatively speaking, you know, and then I lived in Nashville and now I live in Boston and it's just so busy here. And it's such a relief that I hadn't even kind of been aware of how much more relaxed I was when it was like, oh, I... And not right next to parked cars or unparked cars. So, all for that. Uh, I don't know. Do we got, uh, that might be, might be a show. I don't know. Yeah, that, that might be a show. I hear a dog somewhere. Yep. Dog. What kind of dog do you have? Death. Black Lab. Oh. Oh, Black Labs are so awesome. <laughs> They're so giving me a thumbs up from the next room. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think we need some I think we need some dog pictures, Francis. There are a, a thousand dog pictures. There's one on my Instagram account. Oh, that's true. I'll go I'll go look that up. <laughs> I'll go look that up because can't get enough of that. I think half of my Instagram is pictures of Oliver. I'm surprised. That, I love that your dog's name is Oliver. It makes me so happy. <laughs> Oliver is a good name for a dog. This is such a good name. Oh. Nicely done. I I I should be like super. I don't know. I'm glad that I haven't become suddenly militantly anti-dog after my negative dog experience. 
which was... Relieved. <laughs> I'm glad you haven't become militant as well. I, I have become more militantly, like, anti-off-leash dogs on the bike path, though. Uh, yeah, pretty, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. Fair. Yeah, now that's I see fair. people walking around with their dogs off the leash on the bike path, and I'm you're like, no, I'm like no, put your dog on a leash. <laughs> Don't want it to bite me. Ah, <laughs> man. Uh, okay, uh, well, that all right. Yes, <laughs> this that's has been the work. The oh, I almost did oh, it too. Mattia. we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. This has you been the Honest Bicycle See, you're, Program. You're always better at this. Yeah, you do it. This has Wait. been the Honest Bicycle Program. Thanks for listening. Before we go, I forgot to mention this before. We're on the Wide Angle Podium Network. The Wide Angle Podium Network, a network of fine podcasts, uh, including the Slow Ride Podcast, Kids Don't Follow, Crosshairs Radio, the Meyerson Line, which is just killing it, I should say. Go check that out. Man, such a good show. Um, talking to some interesting people. Uh, Slow Ride's been pretty good lately, too. So, it's, I mean, it's all good. It's just all great. And you can really help us out. You can become a member of the Slow... of Well, not of the Slow Ride podcast. Become a member for our podcast. But but more importantly, become a, ne- a member of the network, uh, the Wide Angle Podium Network. You can give your support to any of the shows you like or to all of the shows. Uh, it helps us out. gives us uh, a little bit of money to do things like get microphones or whatever. Uh... Yeah, we really appreciate it. Oh, you can also help us out. Go to iTunes, uh, rate us, review us. Helps a lot. Um, gets the show in front of more ears, into more ear holes. And find yeah. us on Twitter, at Honest Bicycle. Get us into more ear holes, please. Mm, ear holes. So, so yeah, we really appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. I've been Greg. I'm Francis. I'm Matteo. This is the Honest Bicycle Program. Sayonara. <laughs>